Episode 2, the British comedian Ricky Gervais. Hello and welcome to the School of Duda Intermediate English Podcast. If you're looking to develop your English, then there is a free transcript and vocabulary list available for this podcast. Simply go to schoolofduda.com and you can access all the extra content for this episode. I've always had a great fascination and admiration for comedians. I'm fascinated by their ability to make people laugh. How it's possible to make a room full of strangers cry with laughter simply using the power of words. If you think about it, it's an extraordinary gift. I think everyone has the ability to be funny. Though some people choose to not always use this ability, and we all certainly could learn how to be more funny. But most people would agree that to be a successful professional comedian, you have to be born with a talent for it. But even that is not enough. Almost every comedian will tell you that professional comedy is a skill that needs to be developed, typically involving thousands of hours of practice. Especially if you're a stand-up comedian. A stand-up comedian is simply someone who performs by standing in front of an audience and telling jokes. For me, it is the purest form of comedy. In the beginning, no matter how funny you are, all comedians bomb at some point. If a comedian bombs, it means that nobody in the audience finds their jokes funny. This can be painful to watch. Because of this, I think it takes a certain kind of courage and fearlessness to go on stage and risk being rejected by the audience. Being a comedian is something that I greatly admire while accepting that I probably wouldn't be very good at it. It is not that I'm never funny, it's just that I don't have the quick wit that is an essential ability that all good comedians must have. Wit. What is wit? Someone who has wit or who is witty has the natural ability for finding the right funny words quickly. A comedian's wit is what saves them if they get a heckler in the audience. A heckler is what you call that annoying person in the audience who starts to interrupt and harass the comedian by shouting abusive comments. If you have wit, it means that you're really quick at thinking up a clever and funny response that puts a stop to the heckler. This is just one reason why I would fail as a stand-up comedian. If anyone started to heckle me, I probably wouldn't know what to say. Eventually, I might think of a clever reply, but no doubt it would be about five hours too late. So yes, I love comedy. Obviously, I enjoy a good laugh. Who doesn't? But I also find the comedians themselves fascinating. The way they're able to see the world from a different perspective. Their ability to tell stories that not only entertain, but also educate their audience in subtle, creative and intelligent ways. When people in Brazil discover that I am British, one of the first questions they ask me is, do I miss anything from England? I always say no, not really, just my family and friends. But I realized recently that this is not totally true. One of the things I really miss is the British sense of humor. British comedy and our sense of humor is unique. You can find good comedy everywhere, 
but nobody does humour quite in the same way as the British. To be clear, I'm not saying that British comedy is better than everyone else, just that it is different. I've met some really funny people in Brazil. There are funny people everywhere, of every nation, race and gender. Laughter is something all humans can and should enjoy. I think the reason I miss the British sense of humour is because it is so integral to the way we express ourselves, communicate and connect with one another. It is an essential part of our national identity. When you grow up inside of any culture, you develop a special attachment to it. This is how I feel about British comedy. But you don't necessarily have to be born in Britain to appreciate our sense of humour. My wife, who is Brazilian, lived in London for many years and now, after 10 years of living in Brazil, she still asks me constantly if there are any British comedy shows we can watch. I'm not joking, literally almost every night she asks me, are there any new Russell Howard episodes? Russell Howard is a popular comedian in the UK who has his own show called The Russell Howard Hour. It is basically him doing stand-up, talking about British politics, news and culture. I warn you that his style of comedy can be quite childish at times, but I promise that he is a really nice and intelligent guy. He also uses his show to promote good causes and give new talented comedians a chance to perform on TV. If you want to experience more British comedy, then I recommend taking a look at him. So, yes, thanks to the modern miracle that is the internet, thankfully it is possible for me to watch British comedy whenever I want and satisfy my need to connect with British culture, news, gossip, and importantly, our sense of humour. But what is different about British humour? Well, I could give you a long list but this would require all of the time for this episode. For now, I'll just give you two words, irony and satire. Irony is when you say one thing, but actually you mean the complete opposite. British people, or Brits as we are often called for short, typically say ironic jokes with a straight face. This means they don't smile to make it clear that they are joking, which can be confusing for Americans never mind other foreigners. Satire involves using humour to criticise someone and make them look ridiculous by exposing their stupidity. It is most commonly used to embarrass people with power, like politicians. Satire is popular in the UK because Brits love taking people down a peg or two. This is a classic British expression. If someone needs to be taken down a peg or two, it means that they need to be humbled because they have become too arrogant. They need to understand that they are not better or more important than everyone else. But instead of trying to explain what British comedy is, perhaps I should just get to the focus of this episode and talk about a true legend of British comedy, Ricky Gervais. If you don't know who Ricky Gervais is, well, he is arguably one of the most loved and successful comedians alive today. Gervais started his stand-up comedy career relatively late in life, around the age of 40. Before this, he attempted, but mostly failed, at a career as a pop star in the 1980s as a singer in a band called Siona Dancing. 
Gervais spent most of his younger years working a regular nine-to-five job in an office. A nine-to-five job simply refers to the typical eight-hour workday in the UK, 9am in the morning until 5pm in the afternoon. Gervais says that the years he spent working in an office was the inspiration for his first comedy series and that without this life experience, he would not have been able to write the show. In 2001, Gervais shot to fame with the BBC television mock documentary series, The Office. At the time, I was 16 years old and I clearly remember everyone at school was talking about this new TV show. If you've never seen it, then basically it is a comedy drama series about people working in an ordinary office for a company that sells paper. It was filmed to look like a documentary of a real office. But of course, all the people are actors. I don't think anyone had created a show quite like this before. The idea was so original that some people couldn't understand that it was a comedy and actually confused it for a real documentary. Gervais once said, I'd never tried my hardest at anything before The Office. I put everything into it and I never compromised. And I learned what an amazing feeling not compromising is. Gervais likes to joke that he is lazy, but if you look at how much work he has produced in the last 20 years, it is truly impressive. He's a great example of someone who worked hard on their passion and the resulting success was phenomenal. Gervais was born in 1961. He was the youngest child and had three older siblings. A sibling is a generic word for brother or sister. For example, instead of saying, I have one brother and two sisters, alternatively, you can simply say, I have three siblings. He grew up in a poor working class family. He often likes to talk about his humble beginnings in contrast to his life now as a super rich celebrity. Today, Gervais has an estimated net worth of approximately $140 million. He went to university to study philosophy, which makes sense because his comedy often exposes his audience to interesting philosophical ideas. Recently, he even created a podcast series with his friend, the American philosopher Sam Harris. The podcast is called Absolutely Mental. Basically, Gervais asks big philosophical questions and Sam tries to answer them. The result is both extremely funny and very insightful. By insightful, I mean they enable you to have a deeper understanding of these subjects. I'll leave a link on my website to a free episode of Absolutely Mental in case you're interested in listening to this. It was at university where Gervais met his girlfriend Jane, and they have now been together for 40 years. These days, they live in a mansion next to the park in Hampstead Heath. A mansion is what we call a house that is really big and impressive. Gervais jokes that originally the house had 20 bedrooms, but after he bought it, he had all the walls knocked down so that now there is only one big bedroom. According to him, this is to stop his unwanted family relatives from trying to stay for too long. Hampstead Heath is one of the wealthiest and most beautiful neighbourhoods in North London. But it wasn't always this way. Before all of the success, the couple used to live above a London brothel and they were so poor that they couldn't afford heating. FYI, for your information, a brothel is a place where prostitutes work.
Gervais's mansion also includes its own gym, but he says that the only reason he does exercise is to try to live longer so that he can eat more cheese and drink more wine. He often makes jokes about himself being fat. He says this is one way to show his audience that despite being rich and famous, he is no better than anyone else. In his words, he is still a lazy, fat slob. A slob is someone who is typically lazy with low standards of cleanliness. You might call someone who is too lazy to wash their clothes or to clean their house a slob. Journalists often ask if becoming so rich makes it difficult for him to understand the reality of ordinary people. If anyone asks if he knows how much a pint of milk costs, Gervais's response is, I don't know, here's a grand, go to the shop and buy me one. To appreciate this joke, you need to know that a grand is a slang way to say £1,000. This is a classic Ricky Gervais joke where he pretends to be ignorant, rude and insensitive, but the audience understands that he is just joking. Gervais says that one of the things that makes him most angry is cruelty towards animals. He often uses his fame to raise awareness and money for causes that protect animals. Showing respect and kindness towards animals was an important part of his family's values. Once, a policeman brought Gervais's brother, Bob, home from the park and informed his mum that he had punched a man in the face. Gervais said his mum was horrified until she asked him, Did you beat up a man in the park? Gervais's brother replied, Yeah, he kicked the dog. And his mum said, Oh, alright. Gervais says he could never tolerate or understand people hurting innocent animals. Gervais has created a long list of TV series, films, podcasts, books and stand-up shows. Far too many to talk about in a single episode. Hopefully he will continue to make us laugh for many more years to come and thankfully shows no sign of slowing down. His most recent TV series on Netflix, Afterlife, officially became the most-watched British comedy of the decade with an audience of nearly 100 million people. Afterlife is about a man who wants to kill himself after his wife dies of cancer. Not exactly your typical storyline for a comedy, but many of his fans say it is his best work yet. One final and personal thing that I want to mention about Ricky Gervais is how much he reminds me of my uncle Paul. Sadly, my uncle died at the relatively young age of 58, but both my uncle and Gervais were part of the same generation and came from a working-class background. Not only did my uncle look physically similar to Gervais, short, dark hair, with a beard, he also wore the same style of clothes. Often you see Gervais doing TV interviews where all the other famous guests are wearing smart suits or expensive dresses and Gervais arrives wearing a black t-shirt, black jeans, and some regular black trainers. Trainers are what we call running shoes in the UK. This is exactly how my uncle used to dress. If the Queen was visiting him for tea, no doubt he would have dressed the same way. Although I guess it would be the King visiting for tea now as uh, the Queen's died, but... Um, who knows, maybe my uncle and the Queen are having a cup of tea in heaven and he's dressed all in black. 
Uh, who knows? Finally, my uncle was funny. Not to the same level as Gervais, obviously, but he was funny in his own way. Always joking around, making us laugh, and never taking himself too seriously. He was very friendly and down-to-earth. With down-to-earth, I want to say that he was a practical and unpretentious person. Perhaps I should also explain unpretentious. It means you're not attempting to impress others. For example, by trying to look more important or more educated than you actually are. I think considering Ricky Gervais is a super rich, talented and successful international movie star, he still seems to be a humble, friendly and down-to-earth guy. Some of the most important life lessons I ever learned were from the time I spent with my uncle Paul. In a similar way, I think listening to Ricky Gervais is not only good for a laugh, but there is also a lot of wisdom that can be found in the thoughts and life experiences he shares. And I don't mean it is okay to punch someone in the face if they kick a dog. Violence is never the answer. But listen carefully to the messages behind the jokes and you'll find intelligence and kindness that is quite profound. Okay, so once again, we've reached the end. If you'd like to learn more about Ricky Gervais, then I have a video course called Legends of Comedy that I created with my British friend Dave. We discuss the lives and work of four legendary comedians, starting with Ricky Gervais, then Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. The aim of this course is to develop your English skills while discovering what we can learn from these comedians. If this sounds interesting, then you can become a student of School of Duda. For the same price as a glass of wine, you can buy a monthly subscription which gives you access to all of my English courses, including the Legends of Comedy course. And I'll be adding new courses every month. Don't forget that there is a free transcript and vocabulary list for this podcast available at schoolofduda.com. If there are words you don't understand, then I recommend listening to this episode again while reading the transcript. So, what do you think of Ricky Gervais? Do you think we can learn anything from comedians? Do you have any other favorite comedians? If you would like to practice your writing skills, then why not leave me a comment on my website under this podcast episode or on School of Duda's Instagram or YouTube profile. If you found this podcast interesting, then please help spread the word by sharing it with a friend. Also, you could be one of the first people to leave me a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Okay, thank you once again for listening, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Until next time. <laughs>